Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the person who stays in Trump Hotel so I can trash the room, but in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. And while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair is Rolf Schrumgens, the CEO of Trivago, which he co-founded in 2006. Trivago is based in Dusseldorf, Germany, and was the first hotel search engine in the country. Today, it operates in dozens of countries and went public on the NASDAQ late last year. Rolf, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Great anyway, for being here. I, I'm glad to have you because we don't, you know, never have European entrepreneurs in. I don't know why. We ignore them completely, and it's our fault. No, maybe there are so not so many. So. There's not so many. That's no. I was not trying to insult you, but it, it is harder <laughs> to find them across the globe. There's a lot of American entrepreneurs and a lot of people from China and Israel. But um, but we're going to talk about that issue in, in a little bit. I want to talk about what the scene in Europe is like. But talk about now. You guys went public last year, just mm-hmm. late last year, so recently. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the background of the company that you started and how it was started and sort of your entrepreneurial journey yeah Trivago is a hotel search yeah um, so we're trying to find you your ideal hotel and um, we've you know, seen the ads we love the ads <laughs> late night in the US of A yeah good good so so you're one of the few who really love the ads yeah. okay that's good yeah. no we hate them but they're, they're very, we remember them we remember them <laughs> you though. remember them so they're working so mm-hmm. unfo- yeah, exactly yeah. so unfortunately these these ads are uh, working and that's why uh, we show you show you more of them okay good alright um, and uh, so at, at the end you know it's all about uh, algorithms and learning and you know at the end when people react to them and you know and can remember the the name then at the end you have to air more yeah, yeah so, all right and that's so so we we started the business in 2005 around mm-hmm. 2005 and you know my, my first company i did it the old school like business student way so mm-hmm. basically raising lots of money very early mm-hmm. burning lots of cash uh, losing losing lots of money and uh, after a year being left with a very small part of the company and what was it about? What did you do? Um, Chow.com. It was basically a con- consumer website. We were also doing price comparison and reviews. So we were b- the first... Similar re- area. Yeah, first review portal, basically, in Germany, but for mm-hmm. consumer products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if you remember this kind of opinions in, in the yes, US. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, so that was basically opinions of Europe. And that was two th- um, in the 2000s, so 99, 2000s. And when we started Trivago a few years later... Actually, uh, we were not so sure like in which direction we would move the business model, but we were super sure that we would not want to do this again. So uh, when we started Trivagos, it was rather about like bootstrapping and, and, you know, and not, not taking up so much money so early in the process. And so, so what do you do if you, if you don't have money um, and, uh, and but, you know, you know, need to, to develop an application? You have to learn coding yourself. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. So basically, we, we learned coding um, and uh, created... Uh, an early version of Trivago, and for the first two years or so, basically we didn't. Um, we we just coded everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so you were. The, what was the concept behind the idea? You were just. You, why travel search? Because there's kayak in this country. There was you know there's Google obviously. There's lots yeah, of yeah yeah. I think for us it's more an evolutionary process. So we had a very romantic idea when we started. So we wanted to have kind of a commercialized Wikipedia for travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our very initial idea. It not, was not so much about Meaning search. Meaning what? Basically, we, we, we really loved the idea of Wikipedia, mm-hmm. um, but we thought we could basically um, commercialize it and give the money to the writers mm-hmm. um, and just you know provide the infrastructure of mm-hmm. it. And, um, and that was the idea, basically. And um, 
and then it worked okay, so we could make a living. So that was okay for us. So just earn enough to to make a living for the first one two years, and then we realized, or or people started to look at performance of of uh, of uh, banner advertising, and mm-hmm. uh, they came to us and said, guys, you know, uh, we gave you five thousand bucks last month, but there was not any booking coming to our site. Sure, and we told them, okay, guys, you know, actually. It's not our fault, you know. You're basically showing super untargeted advertising on our site. So how should that ever work? How should ever somebody convert on your site? Uh, can't you, when we show like an article about the Eiffel Tower, can you not just ne- put next to it basically your your advertising or your, of hotels close to the Eiffel Tower? Mm-hmm. And we were going to the Expedias and bookings and so on of this world, and they were all saying, no, we are not able to do that. You know, we don't have an API that could provide you. We don't even have access to the database ourselves. Mm-hmm. So stuff like this, right? And then we said, okay, if you can't do that, we can. So we, bought, we bought, um, programmed basically bots emulating user behavior, going to the website, grabbing mm-hmm. the data from there, and basically showing the ads next to our articles. And what you do then is, right, you do that for the first advertiser, you do this for the second, for the third, and then you're seeing, like, all the, your site is messed up. Why? Because they all have the same hotels. Right. So you look at the site and say, like, okay, you know, they all have the same hotel and, uh, and, and different prices. You know, it doesn't make sense so much to show it like this. So then we started creating a database and putting all these different, um, you know, ads, basically, you know, attaching it to each other. So we, we've shown the hotel only once and all the prices underneath. So, so that was a super evolutionary process. So it's not like we came with this brilliant idea. Did you were a travel search, right? Yeah, yeah, doing the travel search. No, no. So, so for a long time, because we were so attached to this community idea, mm-hmm. uh, for even two more years or so, we didn't even realize that more and more people were not using us anymore for the art- reading the articles. Right. They were, <laughs> they, they were just looking at the ads. Right. Um, and uh, so the ads became more and more space until 2008 we really decided what we wanted to be and um, and I think that was a major step change in the development of Trivago so mm-hmm. so basically for the first two years of so 2006 uh, 2007 we still got some funding in it was not much so we got like 1.4 million in, in external capital funding mm-hmm. um, and then in 2008 we really said okay now we have to you know money was running out basically mm-hmm. and we're saying okay now we, we don't want to you know you know, go into um, um, funding rounds again and so on. We want to be profitable. So we have to nail down what we want to be and what we not want to be. And at that time, we really took the decision to say, okay, actually, we just want to care for hotels. So we don't want to do flights. We don't want to do package deals. We don't want anything else, just hotels. We only want to be a search. At the end, it's about technology and creating a search. So we don't want to be a community and we don't want to be uh, an OTA, so an online travel agent. We don't want to sell stuff. We don't want to be a shop, right? right? So leads. We just want to create a search, a mm-hmm. perfect search experience. Um, and the third important um, decision that we took uh, was uh, we want to be independent from Google. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, basically, 90% of our traffic was coming from Google. It was mm-hmm. natural search traffic. But we were seeing, okay, if we, if we go on like this, this, this will be not a sustainable model, mm-hmm. right? So we said, okay. We have to take a decision. We have to become independent from Google. We have to get people directly to our site. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the, the really important decision because for us. Because they run the show then. then they Because, I, I mean, right. So if you just get, like, traffic from others, you know, they basically get paid at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So you are basically only get paid for, you know, the value create in between. But the most important thing is, you know, getting people's attention and getting people to you directly. Mm-hmm. And we were foreseeing, you know, at the end also foreseeing, okay, Google will probably, natural search will, will be disappearing over time and we were foreseeing that 
And then we said, okay, the only chance is we have to build up a brand. So people have to come to us directly. We have to tell them about our service. Um, and that was a very important decision to go into into brand marketing. Right. So, and from that point on, we basically always took the money that we made through natural search traffic and directly, you know, you know, put it back into the business and basically, you know, did more and more brand advertising. Mm-hmm. And so basically converted a site where 90% of the traffic was more or less uh, coming from natural search traffic to a site where three out of four bookings are basically coming from brand traffic today. So they just type in Trivago. Yeah, they, no. type, they type in Trivago. So, so when, you're, when you're getting into a search business, you obviously have Google sitting there doing, and they have search, they mm. have a very aggressive travel search thing. How do you differentiate yourself as an entrepreneur? I, th- I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, and they, you know, they, some have to go up against Facebook, some of them have to go up against Google. I mean, Google is always a competitor, right? And and it is for a very long time. So I think the good thing is that in in 2008 we were already foreseeing that and saying, okay, that you know we can't go on like this. We have to to build a brand ourselves. And and you know the question is always how you look at it. What's aggressive? Actually, I think we are aggressive because we're taking share from Google every day, and uh, because. You know, like in the old times, people were always going to Google mm-hmm. in, when they were looking for a hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, and more and more of these people uh, come to Trivago. So, um, and and also when you're looking at Google, I mean, looking at Hotel Finder, for example, they started in 2010, and actually when they started, I remember that very well because um, one of our mani- managing directors today, he was an intern in that time, and he was st- stood up in a company update that we do every year, and he stood up and said, like, guys, you know, why are we here? You know, I'm Google starting Hotel Finder. Mm-hmm. You know, they will. That we have no chance. Mm-hmm. And that was 2010. Right. <laughs> and it's now six years. Right. And I still think they, the product is not there. Yeah. And is that the reason? That they just don't have focus or that they don't? See, I think the problem is if an organization becomes l- larger and more complex, there are very interesting mechanisms happen within these organizations. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that there can be one company who'd exp- who explains you the world at the end. It's yeah. just not possible because because then people, you know, interactions become more complex. You know, people uh, cannot talk to to each other anymore, and so on and so on. So it's just a complexity. It's not because they're not the very smart people there. It's just the complexity grows exponentially, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I don't believe into this idea of like you know one uh, company doing it all. And and I think that is something they. They might realize, actually. <laughs> so um, they might realize over time that, you know, just um, that you today you expect from a search more than uh, getting website results back. And um, so the expectations toward a search or towards like a personal assistant or whatever, they are so much higher today. Right. To, to really go deep, like into that, you know, in whatever every the topic single happens to vertical, be. you know, in every right. single vertical is so super hard. And, you know, I think maybe it would be better for companies like this, like Facebook is, for, for example, doing it. Maybe it would be better to create a platform mm-hmm. or maybe or what I think how the future will look like. It's rather a platform of vertical searches and like one search who does everything for you. Right, right. Uh-huh. That they would do that, that they would have a platform of vertical searches. I think if, if what, what is the ultimate thing that you would do, right? So if you realize you can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you're just not able to, to go into all these verticals and do it yourself. Then you basically use the access you have and, and, and create a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and pr- of course, like Facebook is, uh, for Facebook, it's way easier to do that because they don't have the legacy, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they never try to explain the world. Right. Um, so they can create with Messenger, so they can create basically a, a, like a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, for Google, of course, it's way harder. But I think that's a problematic thing of like a large company and and being in, in a field for such a long time. So, mm-hmm. so what I always think is 
that like like knowledge within the company or intelligence within the company crystallizes. So basically, you know, like the company becoming larger and larger, more and more of the of the knowledge crystallizes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you, it's not it's not dynamic anymore. Right. It's not challenged anymore within right. the company. Right. And it's super super hard. And I've seen this with Trivago every day. It's super super hard when an um, organization becomes larger to keep it still liquid. To mm -hmm. keep it still reactive, just reactive, yeah, reactive. So liquid. Yeah. So basically, like liquid intelligence. So basically, constantly challenging itself and constantly learning. And and I think if there's one thing about Trivago that is really like you know different, you know, it's not it's not our advertising campaign mm -hmm. or whatever. So the, what's different about Trivago is we are, we are, we are learning company. We're super fast learning and very liquid company. So, so you shifted once you shifted from a Wikipedia version of yourself, which is a content site. That's essentially what you have with a content. Site. Site mm -hmm. that had some ads for booking yes. on it, and now you're a travel search site essentially. No, mm -hmm. yeah, um, hotel search. What, hotels. What do you? How do you then begin to iterate? Like you talked about being a liquid company. So now mm -hmm. you're doing that. You went public mm -hmm. on this premise, the mm -hmm. idea that you need hotel search, and you're you're global now, and you compete against who? Who would be your biggest competitors at this point besides Google? I don't know. I would I would see Google. Hotels. Google. Google is definitely the the largest competitor. So mm -hmm. I don't see another competitor there really in our space. Mm -hmm. I, I think nobody really tries to be a com competitor of ours. Mm -hmm. so why is that? Why is that? So you, the, whole, the space is basically, you have on one hand, you have the shops. So when you speak about hotels.com, it's basically a shop, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they have a limited amount of availability and hotels on their, on, their, on their website, and they're selling room nights, like mm -hmm. Expedia, like hotels.com, like booking.com, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. They always have only access to a very limited set of, of inventory. Mm -hmm. yeah? So that is a cool value proposition because you own the customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they want to own the customer. That's mm -hmm. great. We don't own the com customer. On the other side, you're losing out because basically you, you always, if you were a search, you're always showing an in inferior search result, mm -hmm. structurally inferior. Why that is? Because you can only show parts of the hotels, parts right. of the inventory. Sure. You, can, you ha never have the full overview. Yeah? Right. So you never have like all the inventory. And we are very like um, agnostic and very like in independent in a way that so we... So you can show everything. That we, we want to show everything. So we mm -hmm. want to build a, just a marketplace and everybody should come in and every sh everybody should show their rates on, on Trivago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are agnostic where the, where the user goes at the end. So right. you, you, we show him the cheapest price, but if he, if he wants to go somewhere else, that's fine too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if there's a strong brand and people always want to book with that brand that's good great they, they just should, should should see that there's like you know price differences and they should take a decision so right. we just want to give transparency yeah. yeah so and and that is a very clear statement so we would never want to be a shop we never want to sell people people something so and that is also ingrained in the culture of the company it's really empowerment you know so like, you're a mini google essentially so you're trying to in a lot of ways it's like you don't care where people go once they use your service we never yeah you know actually we, we don't look so much outside so mm -hmm. I, we never wanted to be like somebody mm -hmm. uh so we don't want to be like google or like some, somebody else we we always try to find our own solutions to problems. Okay. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about where the, not just the hotel, but the travel industry is going. There's been a lot of changes at things like Airbnb and Kayak and all the others. And I'd love to get some sense of where you think this is going, uh, going forward and how people get their information about travel because it is shifting pretty dramatically with mobile and social mm -hmm. in other ways. We're here with Rolf Schrumgens, the CEO of Travago, which you probably know from those really annoying commercials, but he says it's more than that and he's going to do more of them anyway. When we get back, we'll be talking more about where the hotel and travel industry is going. This show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. 
Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals like cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. That sounds delicious. Or this one, roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad. That also sounds delicious. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com decode. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash decode. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I'm here today with Rolf Schrumgens. He's the CEO of Travago, which is a hotel search engine. We're talking about the, the issues around search, but I'd like to talk about the larger issues around travel and where it's going. It's shifted really dramatically over the past couple of years with the ascendance of Airbnb and uh, all kinds of apps and, and mapping and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about the larger picture of where, mm-hmm. where it's going? Is it going to have lots of these different services or apps and we're going to use them, or is there something else brewing? I think it's interesting to think about it, but, but um, I, I don't see that of a dramatic shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, to the outside, the, the shift looks more dramatic because basically like Airbnb got lots of attention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but um, if you're looking at it really like more rational, mm-hmm. then you're seeing that still Airbnb is making up a very, very small percentage of the overall hotel market. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, that doesn't mean that uh, there is not a very interesting direction where it will move to. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is the shift is probably, you know, less dramatic than it might seem from, mm-hmm. from the outside. And I think at the end, I think it's a very artificial kind of separation of like saying, okay, this is a hotel and this is an apartment house and this is a private apartment mm-hmm. and so on and so on. So I don't mm-hmm. see, see, see the difference. Well, I, I don't th- believe in a world in the future where we will have like categories, you know, like this is right. a hotel and this is whatever. So that's one thing. So I don't believe in a world there's categories. So it will be a continuum of basically substitutable services, right? So the need is I want to stay a night or several nights in, Berlin. in a place, right? right? So that's what you want to do. That's a need. Whatever solves that problem, right. right, is fine. You know, and it could be Airbnb or it could be uh, HomeAway or it could be Booking.com, whoever. So, and I think that's a project we're taking. So wherever we, we send you, that's fine, right? So we want to solve that problem. So we want to solve the problem getting you into the ideal place for you. Right. You right? put just hotels in your search right now, not Airbnb. Yeah, we, we don't have Airbnb right now in, mm-hmm. but we're having private apartments in more and mm-hmm. more. The thing is, you know, and that that's a very classical thing. So you have lot, we have lots of traffic, and you know, and but but at the end, you know, the shelf space basically, you know, mm-hmm. on our side is still limited. Right. Um, so it's really, you know, really hard to really, when you, if you want to have a ho- like a Hilton hotel and you have a, I don't know, a thousand rooms in a Hilton hotel, and put it la- next to an Airbnb apartment, it's quite tricky actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of commercialization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Basically, what helps us here is uh, because what we don't believe in is things like you know, like tapped results or something like you know. Oh, this is your, what's that mean? Um, this means like um, like the tap basically, and you you choose you can choose either to go to hotels and then you can choose to go to a private apartment. Yeah. So basically, you know, why should people do that, right? They can go to, to Airbnb directly and so on. So mm-hmm. that's that's not not the solution for the problem. So solution for the problem is that if I find out that you would book a private apartment and that would be a great option for you mm-hmm. you should see that 
Right. And you should, should see that directly in the result. And mm -hmm. if I if you are only booking private apartment, basically that should be the only result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically what helps us here is personalization, right? So getting more and more data, learning more and more about our users, mm -hmm. and basically using that data to showing more and more personalized search results. Right. Yeah. So that that in your case, when you were probable basically to at the end book a private apartment, you see, should see private apartments. And other, but other people who are not interested it should not see it. How are people going to book in the future? How do they look at travel? Because first we used to go to travel agents and rely on them solely, or we couldn't book with airlines. And airlines had websites, and you book. I booked directly with them mm -hmm. most of the time. And then you have these multi-services like Expedia. Now, mm -hmm. Expedia was one of your big owners, correct, before mm -hmm. you went public. And then you have these Airbnbs and these search services. And it feels fragmented all over the place in yeah, terms of how it of develops. Course. And you don't want to deal with that, right? No, no, exactly. You need a search. Right. You, right. Ne you need a search which basically is, um, you know, like aggregating all that all of that information that you see there mm -hmm. because it's just too much information and it's a right now it's a cumbersome process right mm -hmm. going to one website you know looking at some reviews reading reviews you know mm -hmm. and, i mean at the end you get only a very small part of the possible hotels you're getting access to you're getting information mm -hmm. from right mm -hmm. so so you, you, you're going to hotel, to london there are three thousand hotels in london but you never get access to, to three thousand hotels. you get access maybe to like five where you get an opinion about right and then you're right. picking one when we're thinking about a perfect world of perfect information in the future, mm -hmm. can we really imagine something like that? That this happens? That you that you really read through thousands of reviews to right. find out so yourself? So how does that change? What is it, it must change. So so I, I, it must change to a service that really understands what you exactly want mm -hmm. and shows you exactly the hotel, which is your ideal hotel in London. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt about that because there is only one. Mm -hmm. There's only one hotel mm -hmm. in London. How do you London. get to that? How do you mm -hmm. get that to that concept? First of all, you have to, to, on one hand, you have to profile users. So you have to understand really what they want. Mm -hmm. So I have to understand w what, what you want and, you know, and what are your preferences. And, you know, you can do that directly, indirectly. You know, I can use your location. I can, I can use your history. I mm -hmm. can use your interaction with the website or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I should get a quite good understanding of what you want. Um, and it's not, of course, I, I don't know everything about you. But every bit of information helps me to improve the search result for you, right? Mm -hmm. Every bit of information is, is good. Yeah? And on the other side, you know, you, you, we profile hotels. So we're trying to get a really, really good understanding of, mm -hmm. like, you know, how does a hotel score on the criteria that is important for you? Right, once so you've we, gotten that. Yeah, so if you, if for you, the, uh, the criteria clean is important. We find out that you have a high, high probability that the criteria clean is important. Well, who, that, for whom clean is not important? Don't you think? That, uh, no, it's a different. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's a different. I yeah. think it's a difference of how important it is for you, and mm -hmm. and we cl we clearly see that there's a difference of how important it is for different people. Mm -hmm. You know, and if if we find out that this is, is more important for you, right? So we would not show you basically hotels, even so they are amazing, mm -hmm. right? We would not show you like a hotel which is not perfectly clean. We would mm -hmm. not, not show that at the top, right. Right? right? So and and I think that is currently not really happening. And mm -hmm. but that's a problem to solve. Because there is for in our understanding, that's where the value creation happens. Right. It's not so much about the booking process on right. and so on, because that is not like the technological challenge. The challenge is really finding out what you want and profiling the hotels and mm -hmm. matching that together. How are hotels feeling about all this assault on their businesses? I mean, they're obviously fighting Airbnbs and, and the other uh, private rental apartments. They're the, Airbnb's the biggest yeah. boogeyman for I, them. I, I think everybody who provides an accommodation, I don't speak about hotels or Airbnb right. or whatever, right. because what I, what I see is, like I look at Airbnb rather like eBay, 
uh, eBay mm-hmm. for huh. accommodations. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and what happened to eBay, right? Mm-hmm. So when I mean, when I started, you know, um, sharing like putting stuff on eBay, everybody put stuff on eBay, right? It was very unprofessional, very very unprofessional marketplace. Everybody mm-hmm. put his stuff on, you know. This was there was no not a real like you know professional service, and that's how eBay started, right? And everybody thought, okay, that will be the future. Mm-hmm. At the end, we've seen no professionalization is important. So sure. today, I don't know how, what's the percentage of eBay basically uh, of the eBay revenues done by professional sellers, but I would mm-hmm. say like ninety yeah, percent probably, absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. So and and I think there we will see the same thing happening with Airbnb, and it's starting already. So you get, mm-hmm. you get more and more professional service because generally it makes sense that you don't do just one thing but if you you know set up an apartment you do it like for 20 apartments and right, so on right. so and that's why i believe there will be a uh, what i said before there will be not a separation so these business models will basically grow into well, each other that's an interesting concept that they, the professional hoteliers will be on airbnb the ones who have 20 apartments or 15 apartments or whatever yeah i i i think it's a it's an artificial separation that will not hold Mm-hmm. To be true, it cannot hold to be true. So you will you will see like content on Airbnb becoming more and more professional because otherwise it doesn't make sense. You know, it's 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 just not efficient. You know, to run like single apartments. And on the other side, you will you will you're seeing the the classical hotels going mm-hmm. more and more into the, into the direction that they become more and more like in private apartment. Mm-hmm. And and I know like like in the US you don't see that so often because mm-hmm. you have this huge big hotel chains, right? right? So in Europe you don't have them so much. So in Europe you have more like you, you see hotel chain startups popping up. Mm-hmm. And these hotel chain startups, basically the, the hotels, if the look and feel is way more like an Airbnb apartment. apartment. You know, right. you have your own place, oh, you have a co-working space and so on and so on. So it's melting, it's melting together. So so I think I think that's what we will see in the future. Why is there so much regulatory in Europe everywhere? Everywhere across the, the world there's regulatory opposition to this. To Airbnb generally, I think I think I think Concept. it's yeah, no, I, I think it's a bit unfair when mm-hmm. when they're not taxed the same way. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, would I believe always if a, if you have a market, people should compete in the market on the same level. Mm-hmm. And if hotels cannot compete because they are taxed and and the mm-hmm. others are not taxed, then there's a problem. Right. Right. In the moment where everybody is taxed the same way, I'm fine, mm-hmm. right? So so I think that is that's something I can understand. Beside that, I you know I I, I think it will overcome itself, like because because you know. It's just not good for the consumer, and at the end, it, it will it will uh, it will not be sustainable, you know. But you you basically asked, and I think I think it's a it's a good question. You know, like you know, how do do hotels think about it? And and I think for them, it should be a quite like interesting opportunity. I think we deliver them a very very unique opportunity. Why is that? Because hotels, single hotels, they had a quite hard time in really getting people to their own website mm-hmm. for a very long time. Why is right. that? Because when they co- were competing on Google, they were directly competing with the large OTAs. Mm-hmm. So what they have there is they have a structural different disadvantage because they are just one hotel. So they don't have this whole inventory, right? right? So they can't cross sell, right? And that is a structural difference. So even if they would have like the perfect technology and would have the perfect hotel, they're basically not able to compete on Google. Or distinguish themselves, yeah. Yeah. So, so on, on Trivago, we deliver them, first of all, we deliver them the chance to basically to just compete on their property. Right. Right. So because we show that their own website, we're showing that together with all the OTA websites. So they just can compete on that single property. Right. Right. So that's, a, that's the first thing. And then the other thing is that most of them, they're not so tech savvy, right? So, so the, the, the booking funnel does not really work and so on. So we try to help them actually, to empower them to, um, with technology, you know, to have a very competitive booking, booking funnel. Right. Yeah? 
Because what we see is in the moment where a hotel has basically the same technology in place and competes on one property, they're usually a superior. Mm-hmm. So people want to book with a hotel. I see. Interesting. Uh, yeah, hotels don't, just don't have a marketplace where they can really step into and see, get, the, really get the customer point. directly. Um, and then last in the section, do you, what, what do you think about the adding experiences and stuff? Do you see you all doing that too on your site or just no, sticking? No, 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 no. What do you think of that? They, a lot of them, like hotels are doing it, Airbnb's uh, doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just a strong believer into focus. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think there can be definitely a value. Mm-hmm. But but we think we have to solve a problem, and our problem is that, that we have one or challenge that we want to solve is getting everybody into their perfect place. Mm-hmm. And when we have solved that, then we might do something else. But I don't see us solving that in the next years. I see. Interesting. All right, we're here with Rolf Schrumgens, the CEO of Trivago. It's a, a German-based company, and it's a hotel search engine. And when we get back, we'll talk about where European entrepreneurship is or not. For companies to succeed today, they need builders, and builders need tools that allow them to innovate. The problem is, most cloud vendors don't offer the range of tools builders are looking for. Amazon Web Services is the leading cloud service provider giving builders the reliability and security they need. AWS pioneered cloud computing over 10 years ago to help any business, from the smallest startups to the biggest global companies, create their own applications and manage their workloads. By listening to what customers want, AWS is adding more features and services than any other cloud provider while consistently reducing prices. So if you'd rather focus on creating a business instead of an infrastructure, check out podcast.aws. Learn about how AWS can help you build a better future today and let builders build. We're here with Rolf Schrumgens, the CEO of Trivago, which he co-founded in 2006. Trivago is based in Dusseldorf, Germany, and was the first hotel search engine in the country. Can you talk, I, I don't have a lot of, I was saying earlier, European entrepreneurs in, and I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm just small-minded American, which is entirely possible. But talk a little bit about the scene in Europe, because it hasn't, you know, there hasn't been really big breakout companies. Spotify, I guess, would be. One a global worldwide companies. Mm. Can you talk about the the scene there? Is it is it because the countries are split up or or what? I think there's different reasons. And when you're looking at Europe, like there are also very different countries and mm-hmm. also different mentalities. Um, looking looking at Germany, where you know which I can probably evaluate best is first of all, I don't think that Germans have a very entrepreneurial gen- mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think um, Germans are generally quite ris- risk averse. Mm-hmm. And, and that is not a good thing when you when you want to start a company being super sure. super risk averse. Um, I think they have a competency, uh, and they have a competency in execution, and they have a competency in engineering. Mm-hmm. So they're not making use a lot of that competency because. So I think I think generally they're quite good in you know going deep into the machine room and you know and and tweaking little details mm-hmm. and so on. So I think I mean I mean we have Germans have an engineering mindset, and somehow we were not able to transfer that to the digital world. Right. Still, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, so that's the advantage, and I think execution is working quite well. So, um, so, so, and 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 this, all of this is coming together. So, I, I think I think the mindset right now it's shifting a little bit more. So, we see now, like in the l- last three, four years, we're seeing more and more entrepreneurs. Berlin became more or less a, like the, the capital or the startup capital of Europe, mm-hmm. and there is a very lively scene right now is is popping up. I think the business models are, you know, we we don't have this enormous amount of capital in the market right. still not not enough, I mean, it's, not enough venture capital not right. enough not enough and I not enough us ones going there with yes, the ones yes. With the it's, just, it's a way smaller scene i mean it's happening right now you know it's happening right now but but there was not this like huge 
amount of money. So mm -hmm. so you see like companies are grown, a lot of companies are grown quite differently. Mm -hmm. And then I think you have this kind of inf very strong influence of Rocket Internet. You, you know, you probably know Rocket Internet, which mm -hmm. was... Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I know the, the Samuel Brothers. Yeah, Samuel Brothers. So, the copiers. Yeah, the copiers. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's not a very positive kind of energy, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. So, and um, I mean, still, they're really great, amazing companies coming out of that, but, but not because of that. Right, right. So, so, like Zalando, for example, is a German company, which is uh, today, like, really doing great. Explain that. I haven't even heard of it. What Zalando. Mm -hmm. um, they are basically a fashion shop. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, um, I think, largest European fashion shop. They mm -hmm. have a valuation of, I think, like, like, 8 billion or something like that. So, I think, I think they are one of the few very successful Mm -hmm. uh, uh, startups and um, they they are, were, were very well in execution, but on the other other side, they were also not so much attached to this copy Zumba culture that, mm -hmm. that was you know um, they were basically born out of. But but I think now pe more and more people realized you know that this kind of like just you know like executing and not caring really for people in the mm -hmm. business but rather just for for you know the short-term success mm -hmm. um that that this is probably not the way to go mm -hmm. and, and i think with with that understanding mm -hmm. i think more and more interesting companies pop up and i i see more and more of them and i i'm i hope really i hope that um, that we can get some effort for also from the german government and so on to, to really support that mentality mm -hmm. do they uh, no, <laughs> I think <laughs> long for long time. I think I think it's a really really long lengthy process. Actually. Because I think in politicians in Germany at least they don't have this mindset. I think they don't see how fast the world is changing, and if they want to be part of the world of the future, that they have to move mm -hmm. move way faster than right than they used to. How do you get? Is that the same across Europe? Because now Europe is sort of rent asunder, right? With the Brexit and, and stuff. Will that change it or shift it? Or was there any, was there a pan-European mentality or not at all? Or is that was just... No, there is a pan-European mentality. I mean, we have, um, and, and I think generally having, having the EU and having that market is for us extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, extremely helpful. Without the EU, we could probably not exist as a company. Because? I mean, you have a euro, you have the same currency, but but even more important is you 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 can get you can hire people from all over, over Europe and sure. they can work for you, mm -hmm. and you can tap into all these pools of different cultures. And when you're looking at Trivago, basically um, eighty to ninety percent of people who started Trivago they are not coming from Germany. So mm -hmm. we're getting people from all over Europe, but also all over the world, mm -hmm. and a lot of people from from inside Europe. And Trivago is Trivago in the way we are right now because we have all these different cultures at one place, and we have all these different different mentalities. And and I really believe that the pro a problem gets solved better the more perspective you get yeah. on the problem. Diversity, it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, mm -hmm. yeah d d diversity, but it's often it's this kind of like like buzzwords often used. Yeah, yeah? but yes. Yes, if you get more perspective on the same problem, whatever that perspective is, it, um, is is good. So and 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 that's why um, I think generally having that opportunity to get these different perspectives in, that's a great thing. So does this Brexit ruin that, or is there? How do you look at that as an entrepreneur and trying to foster innovation across a, an area yeah. of the world? I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I think it's ruining it a little bit for for UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I really think. I think this destroys a lot of underlying networks, and I think people don't don't see that so much. But they think it's just a legislation, but there's mm -hmm. lots of underlying networks which are getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. And I we and it, there is already k kind of a trend where you see like people moving over from London to 
to Berlin, to Paris, and so on. So mo people moving, get, getting out, moving back. So the worst thing would be if this kind of idea, this very nationalistic idea, if that mm -hmm. would swap over to the rest of Europe. Mm -hmm. So and, and I think that is the most important challenge. If there's one important challenge, also for Germany or for Merkel or whatever, is basically keeping the rest together and not letting nationalistic tendencies swapping over to the rest of Europe. Do you see that? Because I think it does squelch innovation yeah. if everybody's working individually. Yes, of course. It's it's I mean I mean let's let's see like in the long run that can never be the ultimate solution, right? So we know this is all kind of things that, you know, it's a dark age basically that we're going through right now. Hopefully mm -hmm. it doesn't take so long, but but that happens happened, you know, very often in history mm -hmm. and at the end, you know, People are we can become more, more the globalized. The dark ages followed by the Renaissance. Uh, right, right. Mm -hmm. So you always see like people standing up, and you cannot limit people's mobility down. People will work wherever they are most efficient in the future, mm -hmm. and wherever they want to go, they will go. Mm -hmm. And there's no chance to, to block that down. So, and whoever tries can do that for a very limited time, but not in the long run. Mm -hmm. So, but let's anyway. We should we should be sensitive and avoid that this is happening, right? So we should not we should not let it happen just just because we know it's an, anyway ending someday. Mm -hmm. So, but I th I see that yes. I mean there is a there is a um, there is like Le Pen in, mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. There is Erdogan in East, in uh, in Turkey. Mm -hmm. um, so there are these tendencies, and even in Germany we have the AfD, which is a kind yeah. of right wing party. And yes, I mean, we have a very democratic, that's a good thing about Germany. We have a very grown democratic culture and where we have this uh, sensitivity towards like right wing and mm -hmm. like yeah. our kind of dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the good thing. And that's why we have a quite stable system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even if, if like an, a right wing party gets 15 percent or whatever, 10, 15 percent, you know, that will not destroy the system right. because there are more, enough democratic parties so, in there. But as an entrepreneur, what do you need then from your government? You need more risk? What would you like, in, I, in, I, not just in Germany, but across Europe yeah, for I, the EU? I think, I, think, I think we do not have a really great immigration policy, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, like, like getting people... Oh, we've got a worse one, but go ahead <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, but, but we still... We win. But still, you know, I, I think at the end it's about... I see countries will compete like companies do today, mm -hmm. right? They will compete for the best oh, talent. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's why you have to change your mindset and don't have to see like, oh, people who come from outside, they want to take something away from you. No, mm -hmm. they're bringing something. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and, and you saying, yes, you have a problem right now, problem right now, generally, but generally it's a great culture. Right. And I mean, what we see at Trivago that we have 90% of people coming from outside and we have this kind of melting pot of culture, you have that in the US. Yes. And I think the reason why the US We're trying is, to ruin it. We're yeah, but the, the reason why the US is so successful yes, and exactly. it's, it's so entrepreneurial and so on, it's because there's so many immigrants in here and they, you have that melting pot and you have that diversity. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so successful because you, you basically got the most brave DNA pool from all over the world mm -hmm. going in one country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what we're trying at Trivago, basically getting the most brave people over to Trivago. Mm -hmm. but, but that is something like how a, a, a country should act, you know, getting the, the smartest people, getting the most entrepreneurial people, getting them into your country. Yeah? And that's what I say. If, if like, the government doesn't understand that, we have a big problem because what we see with companies will happen with countries too. So small, liquid right. countries, right. Yeah? fast-moving, learning countries, 
they will be super competitive and they will just disrupt the large countries. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah? that's really interesting. Yeah, so look at like Estonia, for mm -hmm. example. Amazing what's going on in Estonia. Yeah, so and, and, and I see this already. Like I see this as a small country of I don't know how many million people living there, probably not even a million, right? So, so, so you hear so often about their like financial systems and so on and so on. And or like right now, I was um, two weeks ago, I was in Lisbon, mm -hmm. I was talking to the new um, Ministry of Economics of uh, Portugal. And he's a former startup guy, and he basically, he, he got the Web Summit to Lisbon, mm -hmm. like a great thing for Lisbon. Yeah. And there's a huge, like, startup culture now, you know, evolving in Lisbon right now, yeah? And just because of the, the polit politics are reacting, and they're really, like, aggressive and so on, and they see that. These small countries, they don't, don't have anything to lose, right? By so being that, that way. But because Portugal has tourism and not so some much nice more. Some nice meats, some cheeses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but they have not not so much to lose there, right, right? Right. And they've seen that and saying like, no, but but technology, we can, oh, everybody can, can can get technology, and we want right. to get the best talent. They have a nice they have a nice nice beaches where people can work, mm -hmm. right? And they have a nice culture, so people love to be in Lisbon. So why not creating like a hub there where where you know right. for startups? Right. And and I and, and that's what I see. So so if the large countries are not moving, they get in uh, Europe, yeah, in Europe worldwide. Mm -hmm. If they're not moving they will get disrupted as any like a large company. Do you think that, where do you think right now the most innovative country in Europe is in that you were saying Estonia and now Liz, Portugal is moving in? Port Portugal is probably, I would say, they are quite innovative. Yeah, I do not know enough about Eastern European countries, but there might be also some, mm -hmm. some of them who, who invested a lot into broadband penetration and so on. And but it so should on. be Germany, correct? I mean, one would imagine. Yeah, it should be, it should be Germany. Ge just Germany is... So the, the problem that you have in Germany, you have this high dependency from the large companies. So people mm -hmm. like, love to look at the tradition of engineering companies. Right, Mercedes. Mercedes, BMW, and so on, and so on, and Siemens, and so on. So, so they love to look at these companies, and, and, and they, I think they overweight these companies. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, you know, I'm a strong believer in that all of these established companies will be disrupted anyway. Right. So at the end, it's about creating a vital like startups ecosystem. That's right. the only thing how you could, can survive. With money, with how you can, immigration and so on. So that, that's the way how you can survive as a society, you know, because, because these large companies, they cannot change, you know, because they are basically like, you know, they crystallized all their knowledge, you know, it's basically, it's not moving anymore. They're not liquid right. at all, right. right? So they cannot move. They have too, too, too much legacy, but, you know, we love them. Yeah. German, German politicians, yeah. they love to go to BMW. Yeah. They yeah. love to go to yeah. Siemens and so on and to meet these important guys. And, you know, mm -hmm. but at the end, you know, um, and you need both. The so so the, the good thing is, the good thing is that in, in US, yes, you have these large companies, but fortunately... The ones that are celebrated are the small ones. Yeah, yeah, but, but and that's right. It's, it's, it's right that, you know, because, you know, I see, you know, for a long time, people thought about it, uh, like internet is a channel, you know, we, we, as, a, as a channel, we, we sell something, mm -hmm. something there. Then they realized, oh no, it's digitalization and dis digitalization disrupts. I think at the end, it's the culture of learning that dis disrupts and this mm -hmm. disrupts every, every, um, um, every, every single vertical, every single company will be disrupted by the culture of learning. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll be going back to basically li liquid systems. So, and, and the culture of learning is just enabled by saying, okay, we have data now. And because we have data, yeah, we can basically um, challenge ourselves and we can learn faster, right? And that's what you see in every industry. The more data you put into an industry, right. basically, the faster it learns. Right. Yeah? right. And that's what we see, that's what we see all, um, all over the place. It's just data is not enough. And that's what I'm always uh, promoting. Right. Data is not enough because you need a culture that allows you to use the data. 
you know, and it has to be a culture which is basically very rationally using data to take decisions. I see. Uh, and that's the most important thing, and that's often missing, you, uh, missing, yeah, that you have data and you have all the systems in place and so on. But then if you have a culture that really does not so, promote. Yeah. So when you talk about that culture, I, I have two final questions. One is I always ask uh, entrepreneurs what their what a learning lesson they have for entrepreneurs is, for other entrepreneurs, a mistake they made or something they did very well. But before we get to that, when you're think, talking about this idea of a learning culture and an open culture, what are Europeans looking at the U.S. right now with one possible trade wars all of a sudden, that open trade, you know, we're pulling out of all these trade agreements, the immigration ban. What are you all thinking when you see the U.S. doing this? Is it just, oh, my God, they're killing themselves? Or what? how do you look at it? If you could tell me briefly how, how Europeans are looking at what's occurring here. I, you know, the, the question is always, do I speak for all Europeans? So, no. no. What do you think? <laughs> so what I think, yes, yes. Um, I, I, I think it's a great uh, opportunity for Europe generally and also for us as a European company also to attract talent right mm -hmm. now. Um, and, and we want to attract talent. We want to attract talent from, from the US and from Europe and Asia and so on. And I think sometimes it's, it's a feeling, it's nuances, right? So it's not, it's not always like there is a reason. Of course, you can still Im immigrate from, from China, but maybe it feels different now. Mm -hmm. So and maybe this little difference you know, makes looking look another option, maybe in Germany look, look more attractive. Right. So, and, and I think that has just the idea of it, just the, emotion, the emotions that are connected without right. any rule or law or whatever, just the emotion connected with it that might, might cause difference, you know, right. and, and, and might lead people to different dis other decisions. You know? Right, which will ruin this fantastic flywheel they have here going on in Silicon Valley or have for, you, for, men, for a long time. I don't know how, how large the, da the danger really is, but I th I, there is a clear tendency. Right, right. Right. And the question is just like, you know, you know how sustainable this is. But, but we'll yeah, there's a tendency. Um, last question. So give me one lesson you've learned that entrepreneurs, which one thing that you think is critical to being an entrepreneur, and if, if it's different in Europe or not, or, or, or is a global kind of idea? Destroy in your company everything that is related to ego. Mm. I think ego is kill killing a lot. You know, mm -hmm. in your company status, like, and status is basically at the end is nurturing the ego, right? So everything that is related to status. So, so basically, you know, like, if you if you feel pe people want to institutionalize power, mm -hmm. you know, kick them out. Right. So because they should power should not be institutionalized within a company. Power mm -hmm. should flow wherever, basically, the right decision is taken, where the most information is. Right. And I, and I think that is that's something. And, and, and all, the, all the systems I know which are not working are suffering from, from status and ego. And, and I, I think that's the most important thing. That is an excellent thing to end on. Uh, we're here with Rolf uh, Schrumgens, the CEO of Trivago. Thank you so much for coming. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with Europe's Competition Commissioner Marguerite Vestiger, Hotel Tonight CEO Sam Shank, and Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky, just to name a few. All those interviews and more are at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try one of our other podcasts? Recode Media with Peter Kafka comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then.